Special thanks to our promotional partners at the American Philatelic Society. The APS is the largest stamp collecting organization in the world, supporting collectors of any level worldwide. For more information about membership and APS services, visit stamps.org. Hi, I'm Michael Cortese of Noble Spirit in Pittsfield, New Hampshire. And I'm Charles Epting of HR Harmer in New York City. And this is Conversations with Philatelists. Again, we're doing this thing <laughs> where we where we lie to our audience. Yeah, exactly. Because again today we are not speaking to philatelists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're speaking to two people much more important than philatelists to you and I, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is better than conversations with philatelists. Mm-hmm. Why don't you we tell do this on a daily basis? Exactly. This is this is just <laughs> this is just conversations basically for you and I. Yeah. Why don't you tell people who you've got, and then I'll tell mm-hmm. people who I've got coming on. So the guest uh, I have today is my wife Kaylee, that we're going to be talking to. Bring her in. Oh right. Okay. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> there she is. And is that a is that another special guest? Yes. This is um, <laughs> Cheddar. This is Cheddar. Her name is Cheddar Cheese. Uh, she's a <laughs> dachshund Yorkie mix. And she's got her little sweater on. Kaylee, and good to see you. Hi. Good to see you. And uh, my special guest is my fiance Olivia Gilmer, who is being brought in. I can't pull her in because right. she's in Surrey right now at university. So we're going to beam her in from across the Atlantic. Okay. Uh, ready? Instead, it's like we're in Star Trek or something, but it's just a Zoom call. <laughs> what an end. And there's Olivia. Hi. Hello. Hi, Hi. Olivia. So, so Michael, we wanted to bring Kaylee and Olivia and Cheddar on. Mm-hmm. to sort of get another perspective because we're both very fortunate in that um, Kaylee and Olivia have been able to accompany us to stamp shows and on uh, trips to look at collections and, and all sorts. Of, you know, I think that um, Philately has made uh, both of uh, these relationships much more um, uh, worldly for, for the four of us, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also interesting because neither Kaylee nor Olivia um, had much perspective in Philately before meeting us mm-hmm. so i always wonder what it's like um you know to to go from like zero philately into full-on uh immersion kaylee works with you at noble spirit yeah um, olivia has helped out at hr harmer auctions before and again this is a world that was like uh, you know i want to hear it from from you guys but you know totally unbeknownst to you before michael and i unfortunately entered your lives um <laughs> For better or for worse, so I want I want to start off with that. I'll I'll um, open it up with you first, Kaylee. But growing up, before Michael, did you know people collected stamps? And if you did, what did you think of people who collected stamps? Be honest. <laughs> Be honest. Um, yeah. I mean, not really. I knew it was a thing, but um, I I didn't know it was this in depth, and I didn't know that there were so many valuable stamps and older than what I had seen before. Um, Cause I saw people collecting, you know, early 1900s kind of stamps and stuff like that. Um, topicals and all that. So um, no, not really. I didn't know it was a thing. I think when the first time, when we started talking, um, I yeah, was how actually- How did that conversation go? Well, I was at, um, I was in Chicago or Rosemont, Illinois at Rasdale. I was at a Rasdale auction. Um, so it was like one of the first conversations that we had because I said I was in Chicago with my father. 
And she said, what are you doing there? And I said, buying stamps. And she said, oh, that's, you know, that's cool. You're going to bring it back in a, in a briefcase. And I was like, and I was like, no, actually, we have a truck and a trailer and we're going to drive back about 300 cartons of stamps. Did you consider blocking him at that moment? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I thought it was really interesting. Honestly, I did. Olivia, much to our mutual detriment, you are and have always been a collector of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you, uh, I, I know you collect, I feel weird interviewing you. Michael, <laughs> you, Michael, you go ahead and ask. Yeah. Um, so uh, collecting historical items as you do, I, you know, you, you like items from that time period. Have you ever come across kind of maybe ephemeral uh, items? So not philately directly related, but, but in your search for different items, I don't know what you collect entirely, but did you ever come across tax stamps for that or, or get the uh, sort of idea that people were collecting things in the stamp community? As a collector yourself, I mean, it must have not been on the forefront of your mind, but you must have known this kind of thing was going on. Well, yes, of course, I've always collected like um, bits of old ephemera and especially old letters and things like that. I've always found yeah. interesting. Okay. And when I was a child, I was about eight or nine and I had a pen pal in South Africa and I had a little diary. And I used to, when she sent me a letter, I cut out the stamps because I just thought it was interesting that it was from South Africa. And I remember mm -hmm. they always had interesting birds and things on them. So I still have those. But yeah, I've always, since I was about 14 or 15, when I got mm -hmm. my first job and I had a bit of money to sort of spend on whatever, I'd go to the markets in Belfast and antique markets and just, I loved old letters and old postcards, not even just for the visuals, but I liked when it had a kind of story on the back. I liked reading mm -hmm. old letters, even if they're a bit mundane, still interesting to me that mm -hmm. at one point that was actually happening. Somebody was really writing about their day and just little things like that. I still find very interesting. And so I, I will say Google earthing the addresses and usually mm -hmm. find- Oh, I love doing that. Oh, I do that all the time. Oh my God, I can spend hours doing that. And it makes me so sad. You know, when there's a postcard <laughs> to an old house, an old address, I'd see if the house is still there. I don't know why I find that so fun. I can do that for hours. Like, oh, is it still there? Is it a car park? Is it- It Tesco's yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. No, that's interesting. So at, at any point, did you consider venturing outside of just the stories on the envelopes and and uh investigating the stamps on them as well or was it more specifically for the stories and the place that they've been in the old locations i think the stories i'd never really considered the stamp aspect i think mm -hmm. i didn't even really know the word philately until relatively recently mm -hmm. so not really but now i find it interesting interesting so a little bit of background about how Olivia and I met for the first time. We mm -hmm. met online and then our mm -hmm. first in-person meeting, um, we met in, I've probably told the story before, but we met in London mm -hmm. and literally within like an hour of meeting, we went to the original location of HR Harmer on Bond street in London. Mm -hmm. So where my company had been founded in 1918. And then this sounds like a great first date. I know. Um, from there, the same or the next day, we went to Stanley Gibbons on the Strand, and I was going to get some like first day covers and little 
knickknacks and just little souvenirs. And then I saw a penny black with my initials CE under the glass. And I was torn between totally freaking Olivia out by spending like 120 pounds on a stamp, which we know isn't that much, but to somebody mm. you've just met for the first time that week, uh, it's a lot of money to spend on a little piece of paper. So that, and then from there we went to uh, Brighton and then on the way back from Brighton, we met with a client. So this was like an entire work trip that Olivia was mm. kind enough to put up with the work <laughs> aspects of it. Um, and then from London, we flew to Prague for the uh, international stamp show in Prague in, where well, was that? 2018. So our entire first meeting sort of was facilitated by stamps and international travel that came from stamps. So mm -hmm. um, even though Olivia may not have focused on the stamps initially, I like to think that you got up to speed pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it would, for us, it was a similar kind of thing because all the traveling we were doing was going to see collections or going to different shows. Um, so it, it, it's always crazy to me to, to when I step back, I step out of it. And I think everything that we have in our lives essentially comes from selling tiny pieces of paper um, to other people who really want those tiny pieces of paper. So it we, we've entire communities and livelihoods and households are built off of collecting stamps and postal history and, and everything like that. So for us, I think the first trip we took together, um, do you remember what it was? I think it was Chicago. I think we did we, we go to, to Chicago, Chicago again? Then, we went like, to Chicago again. We're going to get 300 more boxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, those that at that point, they were just FedExing them over. We didn't drive. We'd fly to Chicago and we'd stay in Chicago and we'd. This isn't. This is irrelevant. But um, Kaylee, but it's what not at your, the same time. What has your favorite philatelic trip been? Has there been one that stands out as? Well, I think Monaco. I, I think I almost Monaco. said excluding Monaco because that's yeah, real. it's unfair. That's like, comparing, that's like comparing like a professional to an amateur. Other, we'll get to Monaco <laughs> in a few minutes, but forgetting Monaco because that's mm -hmm. that's again just that's cruel to put other shows up against that. What has your favorite stamp trip? been either to buy or pick up a collection or for a show where have you enjoyed visiting thanks to philately i think germany um we went there around the stuttgart area um in 2017 i think right before yeah. we went to Monica. so not another show another auction right auction. and i'm also noticing that the u.s is really getting the short end <laughs> in terms of travel because if I ask Olivia, other than Monaco, where's your favorite place we've traveled, what would you say? Uh, well, in America. No, in, to in, in general. <laughs> well, I feel bad. I want to think. <laughs> yes, like I can't say Monaco and any other place I've been is Stockholm. So it would be mean to say Stockholm. So, um, Well, is it for the show or the place? <laughs> That's a great for question. Place. For the place. We'll get That's to the stamp question. part of it in a second, just in terms yeah. of travel and cultural enjoyment. Okay, this is probably going to be a weird answer, but probably Omaha, because I found like seeing Nebraska really interesting and different, and I really, I did really enjoy it. 
And there's horseradish mashed potato, like the food and stuff. I don't know. I know it's a strange response. We went to a steakhouse that was really good. And before <laughs> yeah, that, so Ol- Olivia had visited me in Los Angeles and Olivia mm-hmm. had visited me in New York. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a really skewed view of America mm-hmm. when all you know are New York and Los Angeles. Right. You think a certain way about America. And then yeah. you realize that there's all this beautiful uh, down to earth country in between. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's probably why Nebraska was so much fun as well as you got to see a completely different side of this country. Yeah, exactly. In terms of the shows, we were talking a little bit before we started recording and right. I'll, I'll throw this over to Kaylee first. What, if you had to decide what you like about going to stamp shows versus what you don't like about going to stamp shows, what are the things that um, help a stamp show stand out? Cause they'll blend together after a while, the shows themselves. And you're sitting in a hotel ballroom or a convention center, and it doesn't matter whether you're in Reno or Omaha or outside of Chicago or anywhere, you're looking at the same fluorescent lighting and folding metal chairs and everything. So what are the things, Kaylee, that a stamp show has done? And we can start talking about Monaco now because I think most of the answers will come from Monaco. But what is it that that helps the show stand out and um, you know, makes you have fun as a as a non stamp collector. That's a good question. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. I mean, the the things that I'm remembering specifically just have to do with the place. I think. Hmm. I'm not the audience. I think that's the problem. No, but but couples and families do need to be the audience. Yeah, at a certain point, you need to think about um, the ease of bringing other people into it. Because, so, Kelly, if Michael was like, I'm running off to London for a week next year, you mm-hmm. would not be thrilled to not be going to London with Michael. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, you are the audience. They have to make it as appealing to you as to Michael. Well, I, and, I think we got... And they're some, failing on that front. Yeah, the, we got something good here because they need to make it... Well, actually, exactly what you just said. Appealing to all parties regardless yeah. of whether or not you collect stamps. It needs yeah, to be Yeah, because where's the initial audience? Where's the initial audience come from? You know what I mean? Like, the audience aren't just, like, this abstract thing that appears. Like, at one mm-hmm. point, people in the audience were just people who'd come along or... Mm-hmm. to some extent so once you get them on the hook you need to keep yeah. them and yeah. how you keep them is by making spouses and children want to go to a stamp show as well at one point every single person who every single philatelist was just a person so See, that's what i'm I, saying yeah so we need to turn the regular people it's almost like yeah. zombies you, you need to turn the regular people into philatelists, but and that's by making the shows. <laughs> you said it's like zombies. No, I know. Did you just say bite them? You have to bite them to turn okay. them into a zombie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I get it. I get. It. <laughs> I get it. Um. No, but but it's by um appealing to people who don't just collect stamps. At, like Olivia was saying, she collected letters covers to philatelists she collected covers and there was a opportunity there for shows with postal historians and stuff like that 
to reach out to someone like Olivia and say, you're interested in stuff like this, let me show you what else we have to offer. And it either works or it doesn't. But if you're not appealing to every single audience, every single person, then you're losing those people. Then you're not engaging with the community. Can I put it in, in maybe more blunt, practical terms? Please do. To get somebody to go to a stamp show, yeah. you're asking them to spend a lot of money to travel on airfare yep. and hotel typically yep. in yep. order to go somewhere mm -hmm. where the main attraction is spending more money. Yeah. You're asking yeah. somebody to travel somewhere to buy stuff. It's not like you're going to a concert or it's not like you're going to a national park or something. Mm -hmm. You're going somewhere to spend more money. Yeah. And, and this entire process is made so much easier mm -hmm. when you're not doing it with opposition from within the home, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if stamp shows are viewed as this sort of boring or um, uh, redundant experience, mm -hmm. Olivia, you're not going to want to go with me. And then my options are not going to the stamp show or going alone, which is not a sustainable option, mm -hmm. realistically. Yeah. So stamp shows do need to be concerned. And, and, and Kayla, you said that you're not necessarily the audience of a stamp show, but I disagree. I think you're more the audience than Michael and I. Like Michael yeah. and I can go to a bad stamp show and still mm -hmm. dig through a cover box and find something or meet a new client or whatever. We can have a good experience at a bad show and keep yeah. going. There's no getting rid of Michael and I. We're we're bought in. We do this for a living. Like we're not the audience. Yeah, mm -hmm. but someone had to buy you in. That's the thing. You weren't like yeah. a, right. at one point you're an outsider. Like at one point you weren't. You know, to say, oh, the audience is not like the audience just exists. Like you should be appealing mm -hmm. to outside the audience to create an right. audience. And, no, and that's I think a fantastic point because Charles, what got you involved? It was Monaco. It was going to Monaco. And Kaylee went to Monaco in 2017. Yeah. Olivia yeah. went to Monaco in 2019. Mm -hmm. I hope we are all going to Monaco in 2022, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanksgiving be darned. <laughs> Um, I don't want to curse on conversations with philatelists. Um, but but Monaco is the perfect example because Kaylee and Olivia, what do you remember about Monaco? Not the show, Monaco in general. Well, like everything that just it was so beautiful. The walks and the dinners and well, the dinners is what I was hoping you would say. Yeah. Yeah. The dinners yeah. with the the dinner <laughs> with the prince and the dinner. One year there was a dinner on a ship. There was a dinner in this in, at the Oceanographic Museum, and this and that. These are all part of the show. These are all things that Monaco feels. It's not like the four of us are going out to dinner after hours to find something fun. Monaco Phil makes sure that if you want, every second of your day can be filled with highbrow entertainment. Mm -hmm. Versus a lot of shows where show closes at five and you're on your own or maybe there's a society dinner or something a show like monaco or stockholm was another example it was a day or two before you got there olivia there was a dinner at um so this is one of the great bits of historical irony but um nobel of nobel peace prize fame manufactured dynamite for a living that was how he made his money so the guy who the mm -hmm. peace prize is named after made tnt but they held a dinner in his dynamite factory Sounds dangerous. Luckily, the dynamite was gone. <laughs> but Olivia, do you remember the Viking ship museum? Yeah, the Vasa. Exactly, where they they dug up a Viking ship and put it in the center of a museum. 
and then incredible. just for the show just for the show he said just for the show exactly then they put it back at the bottom of the ocean after what Stockholm. no <laughs> oh <laughs> No, the museum there, <laughs> there for a second. Uh, it took me a second. Too. But that's the no. kind of extravagant gesture. Yeah, that, that's that what we've got to do is excavate ships. No, but Olivia and I were sitting there. I think it was the awards dinner. We're sitting there in the shadow of a Viking longship. Mm-hmm. We need a comment from somebody who knows Viking warfare better than I do. And they're going to be like, it's not a longship. It's a, it's a short ship. Exactly. Something else. But we're sitting in the shadow of a Viking ship or you go to Monaco and there's the prince over there. Like the prince stands up and mm-hmm. we all stand up. These are the sorts of events. You could argue that it's not philatelic because Olivia and Kaylee aren't remembering walking around the Bourse. But these mm-hmm. are official sanctioned Monaco filled dinners mm-hmm. that they're remembering. And I think yeah. that sort of pomp and circumstance. I mean, mm-hmm. Olivia and I were just in London several weeks ago. And we went to the Guild Hall to view a, uh, an exhibit. And the Guild Hall is one of the venues for London 2022 for one of their dinners. Mm-hmm. And this building goes back to like the 1600s. And that's how you've got to do it. You've got- And it has some of the most important historic pieces of art that are kept there. It's like their permanent display. They've got all the pre-Raphaelite art and even earlier. So to have flatly along with that, it really elevates it to the level of like fine art historic of historic value you remember the the museum in monaco right oh yeah yeah i mean that that was extravagant in itself too was that the oceanographic museum no the the one with the um the stamps oh the, the stamp little... museum itself yes right. yeah i thought that yeah oh really the monaco cool. stamp museum is incredible and and the yeah. fact that that's built into the cliff next to the venue where the bourse is mm-hmm. and you can just pop back and forth between the two that's what gets even on just much more surficial level Mm -hmm. when i was first getting into the hobby and i got this invite to attend monaco Mm -hmm. all of my friends were like i want to start collecting stamps now you get to travel to monaco and that's not a a tenable way to get new people into the hobby admittedly but it is (laughs) um it is attractive to people that, that there's all of this um uh, just glitz and glamour surrounding a hobby that you know otherwise might seem a bit mm. um but you didn't work. start with that is the point you didn't start with those that those postal cards you that's right. not where you started that once you get hooked once you get brought into it then it becomes more in depth it becomes more difficult uh, you know, or it, it remains at, at your comfort level. It, you can do what you want in this hobby, and there's a spot for absolutely everybody. But I completely agree is, is that a lot of these shows are trying to be destination shows, but they're not destination shows, and these these European shows are exactly that. I mean, the, there was a... I was just on just trying to figure out the name of this submarine that my friend went to and off the coast of Boston. I should know this. Um, and he, he brought his kids there and they did an overnight and they toured the submarine and they closed the hatch and everything and, and they, they taught them how submarines worked. Now, wouldn't it, a really cool part of that, also be showing them how ship mail works? How submarine mail works? How many exhibit frames do you think we could get into a submarine for a stamp show? Exactly. You just have it S have the, the whole entire thing. show in the submarine. Yeah. It was the cook the whole time. 
But um, no, I mean, I, I I do think they're yeah, and, and a lot of shows try to do this where they'll plan one or two social events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, what was like, that show in DC that also was at the Air and Space Museum? Was it 2006? Mm. International show? No, no, no. Um, someone may comment and send, or send an email. Um, I feel like there was. A, I went to DC, and then there was also a stamp show being held near or at the Air and Space Museum. Omaha. It, Omaha. I was thinking of as well. It was in the Air Museum. Was and that the Air and Space Museum in Omaha? Not DC. Yeah, the big hangar with all the planes and everything. Yeah, that was Omaha, Nebraska, not Washington. I get DC. that confused with Washington. <laughs> Did we just not go there? I don't think we went to the. Did you go to that dinner? It was I don't think we dinner. went to the dinner, but I remember wanting to, and I think that's the feeling that we need to instill upon people. Can I say the something? Apologies for thinking Omaha, Nebraska was Washington D.C. It's okay. Omaha, I'm sure Omaha has flattered. Yeah, it's the nice thing anybody's ever said about Omaha since Olivia ranked it over Stockholm. <laughs> I feel like there are oftentimes events at stamp shows. I don't, I can't even think of a specific example of this, but I just feel like it shows I often see that there are events, whether it's like a bus sightseeing tour or a boat tour um, that are specifically tailored towards spouses. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this can also have the opposite effect. They're ostensibly trying to make the show more welcoming towards patronizing women. it is you're, you're you're like othering them you're like ah oh, like you don't get to go to the stamp show you're gonna be on a bus all day or almost saying like the best thing about being at a stamp show is not being there leaving exactly whereas <laughs> at a show like monaco you want to be at every monaco event yeah you don't want to go do your own thing mm-hmm. because they're providing events that are equally intended for the collector and the non-collector alike i feel mm-hmm um, whereas, yeah, you, you can just make somebody feel so, um, I don't know, it's like so insignificant at a show, I feel, by being mm-hmm. like, all right, like, we'll see you in four hours. I'm yeah. going to be here sitting at a dealer table spending money. Is it, do you think it's like that in other hobbies as well? I mean, it can't just be stamps. You, no, I think that you, probably you, is. Do you a, collect I, other things also? So do you also go to other venues where you see this happening? uh I, I don't think so i don't know i could like vintage clothing fairs or something but i just just know it's more like young people and just young girls so it's not really an issue of like what to do with your husband like it's not a non-issue <laughs> so <laughs> i like that it's funny um question for kaylee more so than olivia Kaylee, you have worked at stamp shows with Michael. Yep. What has that experience been like for you? Uh, of you know, it's one thing to go <laughs> wander around the show and then get to go out to a nice dinner afterwards. But when you're actually behind the booth, um, you know, on behalf of Noble Spirit, um, what what is that like as somebody who again came into this industry um, through Michael and you know, um, uh, you know, maybe. Uh, you know, you're you're still a new face to people. What is it like for you as a a staff member at a stamp show? Yeah, um, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's really nice because 
I get to meet some customers that I know um, from eBay and stuff. Um, and it's really nice to actually see people's faces because we don't get that a lot here at Noble Spirit because we're all online. Um, and I don't, I don't know. It's, it's nice. And if I get to meet other dealers, like they, they want to introduce themselves to me or I go up and say hi to them, then it, it's nice. It feels like a camaraderie kind of deal. But I don't know, in a lot of ways too, it's kind of alienating because I don't know a lot about the material that we're selling. Sometimes I know stuff, but most of the time I don't. So people will ask questions and I'm just kind of like, I don't know, but <laughs> I think the only serious negative thing I have to say is a lot of collectors and other dealers will kind of make you feel a little dumb if you don't know something specific, very specific. And we deal with wor worldwide material, so I don't know that many specifics. And I, I think this goes both ways too, where you get it from, you know, you're on the, the back end of the table as a, as a dealer. And I think it goes the other way too, where if a beginning collector, you know, dealers always want to know, what do you collect? Cause they want to mm -hmm. know whether they can sell you something or not. And if you don't know exactly what you're collecting, or if you're just browsing, if you, uh, you know, maybe don't know how to uh, verbalize what you're collecting. I feel like that, um, you know, often goes from behind the table to in front of the table as well. Um, I just feel like both for new dealers and for new collectors, um, it, it can be intimidating. And I do think we need to be more um, open-minded and patient and uh, generous with our knowledge. And, you know, um, I, I, I know what you're saying because I, you know, uh, it doesn't surprise me about this hobby, but I, I do think that's something we need to work on that, that again, can go into this bigger picture of Olivia, you saying that the audience, the collectors don't just come from nowhere. We can't count on there being X amount of collectors to attend every show. We need to generate new ones. We need to create new ones. And, um, and I, I, I think you're exactly right, Kelly, that there needs to be some more, um, just sort of a, a, a we need to stop presupposing knowledge or presupposing, um, I don't know. There's almost I, a superiority <clears throat> complex. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. A... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. No. Go, please, Olivia. No, I was just going to say. I think we need to. Well, not we. Um, the shows need to hold outsiders to a higher standard, because if you try to like dumb it down for people or kind of say, oh, like you don't understand, like this is complex, like maybe, uh, then it's just going to alienate them. Like you need to, you know, people want to aspire to that. You know, you see people who are great collectors so much knowledge like most people will want to aspire to be like that it takes obviously decades and it's not possible for everyone but you should still you know keep a high standard it's not about dumbing it down or mm -hmm. yeah yeah the, there's a guy we're we're going to denver this weekend um to to buy a collection and i was on the phone with this guy for about an hour and a half talking about his collection because usually we don't spend that much of our time flying out to to see people who aren't in the New England area unless it's a significant collection so but when he was talking about his collection he'd always do this thing where he'd say oh you're you know a professional in the in the 
hobby, you know about this thing more than I do. You're an advantage here more than I am. You know, this thing you'll understand better than I am. And I found this guy who had spent the past 60 years collecting specific things, trying to tell me that he didn't know enough about the things he collected. And I, I just feel like that had to have come from somewhere. Um, I kept saying to him, no, this is, this is your collection. I'm not at an advantage. You put this together. You need to, to guide me. There can't be this sort of feeling that, that there's this knowledge that people are trying to hide from each other. I think that is a, is something we face often in the hobby as well is that auction houses or dealers are holding back knowledge they have about specific items, um, when taking on consignments or purchasing things it, it's it's not something i i think unfortunately it's something that's happened in the past but it's not something that should be continued and something that we definitely don't try and continue as he kept saying you know you're gonna know more about this than me you are in an advantage and if i'm a dealer going in to buy a collection like that from someone who isn't super knowledgeable about something that he has it's my job to inform him or give him the information on the material that he has in front of him in order to both not only just educate him but be fair to both parties in purchasing the material so that that kind of went off on a tangent but it we've never done that before michael no i know um no it's it's up to the people who kind of know something about something to let other people know that thing without it making them feel bad demeaning yeah without like olivia said oh you know this is specialized this you won't understand this it's it's about explaining it to someone in a way we have those conversations all the time charles you'll call me and you'll say did you know this about this thing and and i'll say no i don't know that about you know 1929 postal cards and you because <laughs> you're like looking at them at the time and then you'll explain me to me this thing that you're working on at the moment, but it's this very fluid exchange of information. And it's, I feel like it, it happens in some places and not others. And I, 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 I agree completely, but I don't want people to think that we're just complaining about stamp shows. So Kaylee and Olivia, if you could go to a stamp show anywhere, where would it be? Uh, anywhere, I don't know what you mean, like one that I've been to previously or any that exists? No, anywhere in the world that exists. Do I have to know? Like, I don't know exactly which countries have stamp shows. There doesn't like have to be a pre-existing stamp show. You get to you get to found your own stamp show in any city or any part of the world, uh, and you have unlimited funding to pull it off. Ooh. Like either Belfast or just because I think that would be funny, or um, <laughs> yeah. or like Saint Petersburg or something or. Budapest, somewhere like that. Kaylee, for you? I don't know. That's a really hard question. And, and Olivia said Belfast. You're not allowed to say Concord, New Hampshire. <laughs> they, have, they have some. I mean, they're born in Manchester, but... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, I've never been to Ireland, and I've always wanted to go. <laughs> so, yeah. Bel so Belfast. Awesome. Surrounding Belfast. Right? Yeah. Belfast, whatever. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think it you know, bringing it back to what you had just said previously, I think there's a lot to learn from looking outside the hobby. And, and I, I, and I do think that the fact that, um, 
now again, Monaco is special. It's different. In a different really, league. Yeah, it's not fair to compare it to anything else. Um, but there is no American analog to the Monaco show. Not even the international shows, you'd say? But those are every 10 years. Monaco happens five times more frequently than the international shows. Yeah. So there's no American analog to the Monaco shows. And even, you know, to say to you, Kelly, what's your favorite stamp trip? And you've been all over just to stamp stuff in the U.S., but to immediately go Germany. I think it shows that um, we can learn a lot from European philately. Michael, we've discussed this with George mm-hmm. James, with Marcus Orsi, with Ricky, with uh, Victoria, with people all across Europe. Um, we've looked at how they're doing things and how there's a lot for us in America to learn from that. Um, Olivia, your stamp experiences have been StampX, Prague, Stockholm. Uh, you know, we're doing London again next year. It's been very Europe centric. And I think that we as Americans and show organizers and exhibitors and uh, Boris chairman and everything can look to Europe. That's one of my bigger takeaways from this is that, you know, it was knee jerk for you, Kelly, Germany, uh, Monaco. I'm sure that when we go to London next year, that'll be right near the top of the list as well. And I think that we could we could really learn something from how they're organizing these shows and these auctions and, and these um, you know philatelic experiences over there. Yeah, well, if I can circle it back around, you know, what stuck out to me was when you were first talking about um, you and Olivia first meeting, you were in London, and then you went to these historical philatelic locations. I can't do that in New Hampshire. I can't, I can't do that in Massachusetts. I can't do that within 500 miles of me. You can come you to can Nassau do a, a walking tour. Yeah, I was going to say a yeah, walking Na- tour of Nassau Street. Nassau Street is the only thing... You and actually been 500 miles. Um, no, but, but, but Nassau Street is the only thing. And, and how many times do people say, oh, Paris, you have the, I, I'm not even going to butcher the pronunciation, but you have the, the street, the street market with the stamps. Yes. And you used to have those street markets in Belgium and all over the place, London, blah, blah, blah. There's so much uh, community within the United States for, for the philatelic hobby. And it's just... It's got a different feel. I feel like early on in the podcast, we spoke to people and we kept trying to compare and contrast what's different in Germany, what's different in England, what's different in all these different countries. And it's not because we want to do kind of a a you versus them. I think what we're trying to, as a hobby, figure out is what everybody is doing correctly and replicate that everywhere. And that, I think, as a hobby, will bring people closer together because you've got people who are trying to, countries that are trying to not compete with each other, but build a stronger community for everyone. Because it's an international hobby, regardless of what you collect. It's a hobby that can be shared by absolutely everybody. And I don't think one country is doing it correctly. And I don't think one country is doing it wrong. I think there's just a lot to learn from everybody. I have a positive. Um, <laughs> I think it was St. Louis. I can't really remember exactly, but I remember one of the shows had a table right outside the the show itself where the dealers were. It was quite integral. It wasn't totally cut off. It was a little table and they just had loads of cups with tea and milk so I could make tea and I just would drink loads of tea. And actually it was quite a positive thing, I think, because it was a social thing people would chat and make tea and you can go in and out so i think a tea table is a really good idea yeah i like that 
I think so. Yeah. Kaylee and Olivia, I simultaneously want to apologize to both of you that stamps have taken over your lives and also um, accept your gratitude that stamps have taken over your lives. Uh, because I really feel like it is a, a blessing and a curse in a lot of ways. Is that positive, Michael? Yeah, that's positive. That's pretty yeah. good. <clears throat> it's kind of dark. Thank you. It's, yeah, over. it's all about perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Kaylee and Olivia, I know that you probably didn't uh, see life panning out this way with Philately uh, taking over, um, as evidenced by the fact that I'm sitting in the sunroom of my newish home and I've just got postal cards surrounding me. Olivia, this is what you have to look forward to when you move to the States next year. Um, but I, I do think that there are opportunities for philately to, um, you know, enhance people's lives in terms of the friends they make, the vacations they take, the, the things they learn, the, the history they learn from these items. I, I do think that even for an outsider, like both of yourselves to come into this hobby, there's a lot of, uh, benefits to be taken away. And I, I hope that you guys would agree. The best thing about going to stamp shows, meeting collectors, um, is when they start talking about their love of a specific stamp or a specific country that issued these specific stamps. Like when they start talking about the history behind it, it's really exciting to me. Like that's I the agree. Kind of stuff that that goes back to what Olivia said about like not dumbing it down. Like we people want to learn. Yeah. People want to be involved. They want to feel like a part of something bigger. And I, I agree right. completely, Kaylee. And, uh, yeah, instead, okay. yeah, you want to be elevated instead of them trying to lower, like, you know, being patronizing. You just talk about what you're passionate about and people will respond and they know that they're not going to be at the same level as you, but it's still interesting to listen to. So I, I agree with that completely. Yeah, yeah. That's what's so exciting about it. And I feel like I would be a collector if I heard more of that, you know? Yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> See, no, I mean, the, the, those I connections, you gotta, the problem. you gotta find the connections between people. You know, yeah. it's not about plating old imperf stamps. It's it's about why these stamps were used then, what the rates were, maybe not the rates, but why these stamps were used then, why they, how they came into issue and how it relates to history in a way that other people will be able to connect with it. And then that's how you get more collectors is is you engage with people on a personal level yeah my uh my friend's grandfather is a philatelist and um i was i visited his home recently with my friend and he showed me his collection of lighthouse philately and something i'd never heard of before just literally just lighthouse flat and it was fascinating I loved it and he was showing me I was there he would you know he was spoke to me for over an hour he was showing me everything and he took out all his folders and binders and he'd won an award he won a big award in Buffalo or something for his um, he actually exhibited his lighthouse collection. thematic collection in America really and he won the prize and it was fascinating I, I thought it was incredible and he taught he spoke to me you know at his level he wasn't like no this is this was a letter that was sent in the post. It was like, well, this was Sergeant so-and-so and it was sent this post and da, 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 da. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. yeah. That's, so, um, that's awesome. The four of us will be together in the same room again um, at a stamp show at London 2022. Yes. 
we should report back on what we think of that show and how it's going. We should all sit down and have a talk about how much fun we're having in London. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. because and not there's... just because Chelsea's playing at home that weekend. Yeah, I know, I've already looked that up. They're playing Leicester um, <laughs> on that Saturday. So, uh, no, I'm looking forward to that because there's a lot of people traveling from the States to London to go to that show because it's such a such a large show. So I think we're going to have another one of those experiences where you're connecting with people, you know, in the same hobby, but thousands and thousands of miles away. Like the, it, the first time I met Charles was in Monaco. We had to fly 1,500, 2,000 miles away to in order to, to meet. Yeah. And then the next time I saw you was in New York. And then the next time I saw you was in Omaha. And then yeah. it wasn't until much later that we actually started meeting, like, not having to travel to a stamp event. Yeah, yeah. So, um, excellent. Kaylee, Olivia, thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving Michael and I get uh, so wrapped up in this world. Thank you for keeping us grounded and providing us with some outsider mm -hmm. insight. Thank which you. we need more often yeah. than we realize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good, thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye, Olivia. Well, that was fun. That was a lot of fun, Michael. Um, I'm always glad when you and I can turn a conversation we would have otherwise had into a podcast episode. <laughs> that was the entire point of this show. Exactly. Exactly. I was going to be on the phone with Olivia anyways. May as well let other people in on it. Hopefully we wouldn't have talked about stamps the entire time. Uh, no, this right. is genuinely a lot of fun to be able to have Kaylee and Olivia on in a, like an official yeah. capacity. Like we talk to them off the record about these things so much, but it is fun mm -hmm. when you put them on the spot to hear. Like, and I, like I never, you know, I've known Olivia for for so long now. You don't think to ask her like, "What did you think about stamps before you met me?" Or like, "What do you mm -hmm. think about a stamp show?" It's one of these things you sort of take for granted. I'm sure it's similar with you and Kaylee that you don't necessarily yeah. talk about this stuff in your free time because you have to deal with but, it but, all but day. we work but we work together right so when you're when you're when hunt. you're home like watching you know like the the version of star wars without any of the special effects like you don't want to talk about stamp shows no you just want to watch star wars exactly without the special effects without the special effects i liked this a lot i i think it's interesting i think it opens a dialogue i hope with other people as well yeah. that things do need to change in some places American philately is incredibly inclusive in some spots. No, I, I agree that, that there are certain things we're doing great and there's certain things we can learn from, but we shouldn't always just ask ourselves, what do we want to do better? It shouldn't be like, Michael, you know, let's talk to the dealers. Let's talk. No, let's talk to the people who go to stamp shows who aren't already bought in, who we have to win over, who we have to convince mm -hmm. that these events are worth going to. It's not you and me. Mm -hmm. You and me have no problem going to an airport hotel in some random part of the country and spending two or three days doing nothing but stamps. We're the easy yeah. ones. Yeah. How do we get those other people in? Especially the ones who mean so much to us, like Kaylee, like Olivia. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I completely agree because it, 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 it makes things easier. If you've got someone who wants to go with you. It's the best. To a destination. It's the best. It's if, if Olivia was like, hey, let's go to the stamp show, which she does sometimes when it's somewhere mm -hmm. beautiful in Europe, mm -hmm. uh, that is the best. Yeah. yeah. So. 
as always, Michael, this has been a lot of fun. We're on Google, Apple, Spotify podcasts, all the podcast services. We're on YouTube. True. We are on um, the web with philatelypodcast.com. Thank you. Like it's 1996. We've got our own website. We're on mm-hmm. the internet. Uh, we have an email. It's philatelypodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. We're also um, on Twitter. Yep. Find us at, um, at Michael J. Court and at Charles L. Epting. If you want to see my cat sleeping on a stamp album, follow me. You posted that? I haven't been on Twitter yeah. today. You should go I am on Twitter, but I haven't I haven't been on Twitter today. You should go check it out, man. I'm going to go. I'll like it and I'll retweet it. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you real soon. Yeah, see you then.